Returning to our earlier story, the relaunched version of the government's Three Waters plan, the policy rebranded affordable water reforms abandons plans to establish four mega water entities in favour of ten. Like the original plan, the ten entities will be owned by local councils and run by boards. Joining us now is the local government minister, Kieran McInulty. Kia ora, minister. What makes this a winner where the earlier policy wasn't? Uh, Kia ora. Well, um, the changes that we announced today came as a direct result of the feedback from the local government sector. Uh, I did a tour last year of each of the 55 rural and provincial councils that I've been engaging ever since. Every one of them says that they can't do it by themselves, but they were uncomfortable with their perception that they had a lack of local voice under four entities. So by going to 10 entities, we can now guarantee that every mayor, or indeed every council, has a seat at the table. Okay, so what does that exactly mean, a seat at the table? There's going to be these um, regional representatives groups. Yeah. Who is going to be on them and who appoints those people? Well, this is the crux of the issue, is that uh, we need to get the debt associated to water services and and the future costs off council's balance sheets because it's strangling them. And in order to do that, councils have to relinquish direct control. But we want local communities to be able to put forward their priorities for the entities to meet. So every mayor of every council within the entity will be on that regional representative group and whatever that number adds up to will be matched equally with local Māori. Okay, so let's look at an example. So the Northland-Auckland Group A, even though Auckland is decidedly bigger than the other areas, does everyone just get one representative on the regional representative group? In that example, we recognise that there's a disproportionate allocation of population. So we're proposing that Auckland have three representatives and each of the Northland councils have one each. So it's three each between Northland and Auckland. All other examples, each council just gets one person on on that group. Well, we've indicated that we're comfortable having conversations with the likes of Hamilton and Christchurch, possibly others. But we don't want it to be a case where the smaller rural councils don't get the opportunity to put forward their priorities as well. And you mentioned this, but just to be very clear, the number of council representatives will be equally matched by iwi Māori representatives, correct? That's right, but the specific number is up to each region. So, for example, if you take the top of the south, there's three councils, but there's eight iwi. Now, the three councils might decide to have three reps from each council so that each iwi can have a rep as well. That's absolutely fine. But as long as the minimum is that each council has one rep, and the total local government reps are matched by mana whenua, then we're happy. Okay, and these regional representative groups appoint the professional boards that will run the entities? That's right. So the regional representative groups are not a governance-level body, but they appoint the governing bodies of the groups, competency-based engineers and water experts, and people that should be making investment decisions. And that's why you say it's not co-governance? Yeah, I do. I think think that was... uh, misdefined from the start and it's led a lot of the concern that we've seen around this debate essentially what we're proposing is more or less what's usual practice within the local government sector as a whole i admit that in some local council areas it's not 50 50 but in some it is and that's absolutely how we should be going about this i'm totally comfortable with what's being proposed because it's not a government and in fact, we've received advice from credit rating agencies that by having Mana Whenua on that board, it assists us to achieve balance seat separation, which is the only thing that allows us to make these reforms affordable.
Okay, you said you had a conference call with um, councils today, right? So how many of the 67 are on board? Oh, look, I wouldn't be able to give you an exact number because I haven't heard from every mayor since, but I have been monitoring the media just to gauge things. But More than 50% have... though, Minister? I'd say so. Yeah, I reckon we'll get a majority. We didn't have a majority with four. But even if you look at the likes of Communities for Local Democracy, uh, I've been speaking to mayors whose councils have signed up to that group who have expressed to me personally their support for these proposals. So I think what this demonstrates is that Local councils wanted reassurance that their needs would be met. They recognise reform is required, and I'm hoping that what we've proposed today will give them that reassurance. If you don't get 50% or more support from the councils, do you have a real mandate to do this? Well, I'm confident we will. If we don't, then we'll cross that bridge when we have to, but I'm confident we will. And the reason why is because every single council I've spoken to says they can't do this by themselves. They recognise there's a problem. We've got councils in this country that are at their debt cap and we've got other councils that aren't at their debt cap but their community can't afford to pay higher rates. If we get the debt associated to water investment off their books, it's going to make life a hell of a lot easier for those councils longer term. Minister, there's a lot of bad blood over the previous incarnation of this policy. How are you going to um, get buy-in with this fresh version? Well, I've got a good working relationship with the local government sector. It's a, it's a sector that I'm personally passionate about. I worked in local government before I was elected, and I'd like to think that the way I've gone about it as Associate Minister and Minister, people see that I'm up front. We might not agree, but I'm respectful. I listen to what they have to say, and I try and incorporate their views as much as I can. There is trade-offs, and it's not easy, but I think that on the whole, this is the way forward in this matter. We can't simply say that we have to maintain direct local control because the numbers don't add up and we're going to be leaving small rural councils and some cities out in the cold. We're not going to leave ratepayers with unaffordable bills. I just refuse to do that. Minister, before you go, I was interested that you said you'd visited, what was it, 55 rural or provincial councils. Some of them had never seen a minister. Which ones, please? Uh, there's... um, there's a, a couple that said that to me, and I have Which to ones? go back to my notes. Uh, there's one in Canterbury, and there was one in Otago, but I want to check my notes before I give you them. But uh, I know for a fact that no minister had gone and done what I did. I thought it was a good thing to do because uh, I was coming into this process about four-fifths of the way through. I wanted to introduce myself, and I wanted to come back to Parliament and say that I've got a finger on the pulse of the lo- local government sector, and I reckon I was able to do that. Appreciate your time. That is Minister Kieran McAnulty, local government minister. Um, They relaunched the government's three waters policy today. It's called Affordable Water Reforms.